Welcome to the Hope United Church Podcast. We are one church with two locations. For video live streams of our services and more information, please visit www.hopeunited.org.uk. Luke 9 verse 12 uh, and I'm going to read I'm going to read a party and it says and if you've never even been to church you'll know this scripture uh, this scripture is mentioned in three different gospels it's mentioned in Luke it's mentioned in Matthew it's mentioned in Mark I think it's actually mentioned in John as well and this is where Jesus performs the most amazing miracle of feeding the 5,000 and it says this when the day began to wear away the 12 came and said to him send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions for we are in a deserted place here but he said to them you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there was about 5,000 men. And in Matthew's gospel, it says there were 5,000 men, not counting women and children. But wherever there's men and wherever there's women about, there's kids. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so there were 5,000 men. And then in Matthew, it says uh, not counting the, the women and children, which takes it, some scholars say, in the region of 25,000 people. Um, there were about 5,000 men. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. In other scriptures, it says 50 and 100. And they did so and made them all sit. What a feat that is. Uh, made them all sit down. Then he took five loaves and two fish and looked up to heaven and he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled and 12 baskets of leftover fragments were taken up by them. In this scripture, this is the greatest miracle, mass miracle that's recorded in scripture. This is a mass miracle beyond. There, there is other ones where he, Jesus fed 4,000. There's other ones when he fed wine, he gave wine to a, a wedding party. But this is massive. This is, this is in the region 20, 25,000 people sitting in a field. Here's the message title if you want to put it up. Uh, it's no picnic. Uh, and here is this giant picnic. In uh, some translations, it says they were sitting on the grass, so very comfortable in groups of 50, uh, which would have been 500, 500 groups of 50 or 250 groups of 100, I can count. Uh, can't much spell, but I can, can't much spell or can't much work an iPad, but I can count. Uh, and uh, they are, here is this mass miracle that happens with such order and such such amazing i mean you can't even comprehend this is this has been documented in four different gospels thousands and thousands and thousands of people 20,000 people here have seen this miracle happen so this is well documented this can be proved this is not a secret miracle in some hidden upper room that's only you and the lord because the Lord told me this is this is something that can be documented, something that can be proof wrote, something that can be something that can be found. You know, to to perform a miracle with that amount of people, and for nobody to question it, tells you how real this miracle was. A eh? twenty thousand people plus getting fed and being full. 
into the bargain, not just being fed, but, but being full and being satisfied. And the disciples, Jesus broke the bread, then he gave it to the disciples who then would have walked with the baskets. How long it took? Well, it came into the night as, as the scripture moves on. So this would have been a fair length of time. The disciples spotted that the, the, the people were hungry. They'd been following Jesus for a while and Jesus had already performed amazing miracles uh, and healed the people. And then by this point, they're hungry and the disciples observe that these thousands and thousands of people are hungry and they should be dispersed to go home and get something to eat. They must have been weary and Jesus then performs this amazing miracle tells them to feed them and then gives them the baskets as they start walking through, which must have been aisles. They couldn't have just clambered over them. They must have been in aisles and it must have been in sections yeah. as, as they walk through in sections yeah. distributing this. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine what these disciples must... I can't even comprehend what must have been going on in their head as they kept on dipping into the basket and there were stuff coming out. You know, you just... You can't even comprehend what was going on in their heads as they just keep on distributing this this food non-stop, which was fish and 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 and, and rice bread, uh, pickled fish and rice bread. That's what it was. You know, it's, it's it's like the best sushi picnic you've ever had in your life. You know, no. Think about this meal, but if you think about it, think about this. You have never had a better fish supper than this. No, no. This is not non. This is not fish that's been in the sea. This fish has never been in the sea. How good is this fish? How fresh is this? You know, this fish has never been in the sea. Never once been touched by human hands. Never been touched by anything. This is the freshest, think about it, this is the freshest fish you could ever get. It's practically manna, it's manna from heaven. Yeah. This stuff is phenomenal. The fret never been touched. How tasty will that be? Yeah. How good must that fish be that it's never even been touched? The only thing that's touched it is Jesus' hands and, and blessed it. You know that's going to be tasty. Yeah. You know, we get fish today and, you know, I used to get brought, I was brought up in a... In Belsill, which is another promised land across the road there. There's a few of them about. And uh, we used to go in the Calder River and swim. Seriously. I don't know how I never died. And that stuff. The, the Calder River is where the waste from the Ravenscraig Steelworks flowed into. We were swimming in that beggar. We were swimming in it. There were dead dogs in it and everything, and we swam in it. There were no fish in those ponds. No fish whatsoever. Uh, and here's this other fish, this freshest possible fish. My friend's a prawn boat fisherman, and uh, a couple that come to your church are sometimes here, but they're part of your church in Dundee, and they'll be tuning into live stream, I'm sure, this morning. Their father uh, owns a boat, and... So when we go to Dundee, they bring me this beautiful fresh fish and it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. But I bet it's not as good as this. Yeah. <laughs> Nor even close. Uh, so here's this meal, this amazing picnic. And as I was studying this story and reading it, uh, I was amazed about what happens next. And Jesus is about to drop a bomb, I believe, and... I'm sure if you're like me, I'm no saying, well, maybe you know that you may not have read this story for this context before, 
But what I'm going to share next is a completely... Jesus performs this miracle in front of 20,000 people, including the disciples. And that's not the main lesson. That bamboozles me. Yeah. You, know, you know, it's amazing that Jesus performs amazing miracles, yet it's often not the main lesson. Yeah. That Jesus performs these miracles, yet it's not the main thing he wants to teach you. Yeah. That there's something else that's beyond. I mean, I would not want to talk about anything else. You know, uh, but there's something else in, in your life. If you think about your life and you think about trials, James said, well, in the front here, uh, years ago took cancer. He had cancer. And uh, as a young man, I was on holiday in Las Vegas. I remember modern day Sodom and Gomorrah. So I was on holiday. And uh, he, he got in touch with me and he was young. How long ago was that, James? 12 years ago, he'd, he was, he'd hear like bon, John Bon Jovi until then. <laughs> it just never grew back. <laughs> and I remember I got a call from Donna and says, James has been took into hospital when he'd, he'd cancer. And he came through that and he get healed. No, everybody does. Uh, where's the theology for that? Uh, he, he get healed and he get restored. And James will tell you himself that 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 was just the beginning of the real miracles and the real, the real lessons that happened in his life about, about how he's seen life and how he's seen humanity and how he's seen problems and how he's seen dilemmas, and how he how he started to value life completely differently. I remember the time when he was going through that. That Donnie's wife was they owned a shop and then they were in the middle of doing. Which, in all intents and purposes, when they looked at it, crazy things. They were upscaling. They were, they were expanding stuff. They were moving house. They had, they had three young kids. Samuel wasn't born at the time. Their youngest, he was, he's a miracle baby. Him because they were told that he could never have children again. And then, they had Samuel later, and uh, they were going through all sorts of turmoil and 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 this dilemma and this illness that happened to James, just stopped everything on its track as he started to reevaluate everything in his life and reevaluate what was important and what was not important in his life and these things do that and in this story Jesus is about just to drop the biggest bomb you're ever going to hear well it's the biggest bomb I heard uh, which I would never expect in a story you would think feeding 20,000 people would be a big enough story and nothing else so uh, but something else is about to happen here in verse 18 it says uh, if you, if you, you'll see it on the screen. It goes on and says, and so this has happened, and it says, and then, it, and it happened as he was alone praying, that his disciples joined him, and he asked them, saying, "Who do the crowds say that I am?" I'll just pause there. What's happened is, is let's get right into the picture here and right into the story. What's happened is, is this amazing picnic has happened. This amazing miracle has just happened, and then Jesus is retreated because he was, he was not the one who was dishing out the food. And he's retreated and the food's finished and it says that they've been filled and everybody's took their extra because it's, it's as much as you want. This is as much as you want. Some people would have had more than others. And here they are, Jesus sitting, praying. And the disciples come and, he's, and he asked the exact same question I would have asked. How did you get on? It's the exact same question I would have asked. How did you get on? What were they saying? What, what were they saying? What, what were they saying as you were dishing out the food? That's what I would ask. Yeah. 
I ask it every Sunday in service. If new people come, how did you go on? Did you have a chat with them? How were they feeling about it? You know, it's not, it's not to make me feel special or no special. It's to see if there were anything we could have learned. Maybe they gave advice or they gave feedback or whether they enjoyed it, had a good experience or a bad experience or had difficulty with the kids or difficulty in... Uh, whatever was going on or how they settled or how they felt. Did they feel welcome? Did they feel respected? Did they feel loved? Did they feel honoured that they were there? Did, did we take care of them? Did they, get, did they get the right care that they deserved? How did the meal go? Jesus is saying, how did the meal go? How did they go on? What, what were they saying? The exact same question I would be asking if I was feeding 20,000 people. The exact same question I ask when 2,000 people come through the door at Christmas at our service or people come in, how did they get on? Yeah. What were they saying? Yeah. And Jesus is worse than it's not that he's nepotistic. He's, 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 he's totally asking, what were they saying about me? Yeah. Yeah. Not just what were they saying, what were they, what were they saying about me? Yeah. He's asking the question and, 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 and he gets into this detail. And this is the bomb that I believe that, that the word, this gets missed so much. Uh, who did the crowd say that I'm at? Who, who are they saying? And this is what they answered. They answered and said, John the Baptist. Really? John the Baptist fed 20,000? A man? And then they say, oh, but some say Elijah, some say you're a prophet of old. And others say that the prophet of old has risen again. And he said to him, then he says this, who do you say I am? Yeah. And he says, and then Peter answered and said, you're the Christ. Another translation says, you're the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. And I don't have any notes here, so you're going to have to, we're going to have to just believe that God's going to speak to us here yeah. uh, because I don't have a note to go in here. But here's, here's what I'm thinking and here's what I was studying and here's what I realized here is 20,000 guys get fed and not one of them, not one of them get fed bread. And not one of them get revelation of who Jesus was. Not one. Twenty thirty. You think one of them would have said, eh? You would think even one of them would say this. I think he might be the Messiah. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Not one of them says. Not one said he was the Messiah. Not one. They're all saying he's a man. Do you know why they're saying he's a man? And this is what Jesus is teaching the disciples. And you know he's teaching them this is, as you follow their life through Acts and through Corinthians and through the whole of the New Testament, they never do anything like this again. Yeah. They couldn't, but they never. Yeah. And the reason is, is that what happened is, is when you feed people with the flesh, they will only ever see Jesus as a man. Yeah. They will never see Jesus as God because they'll see Jesus as a man. Here, do you hear me? They fed them bread. And here's the deal. And seeker-friendly church. And if you're a seeker-friendly, love me, feed me, serve me, you will never, ever get a real revelation of who Jesus is. Because you want fed and you want to be special. You're no special. You're You're so spectacularly unspecial and so am I. You're so spectacularly not good and so am I. And here's these guys, 20,000, 25,000 people getting fed and not one of them. Through that miracle, through feeding somebody's flesh, came a revelation of who Jesus is. Wow. 
You would think even one of them would have said, I think he might be Jesus, not one. Not one. There's John the Baptist, he's a man. He's a man. Because we feed people so worldly stuff. And hear me here. I'm not saying that we should... See, see the Salvation Army, and I don't mean to be crying this, they are absolutely phenomenal at reaching people and absolutely awful at salvation. They are brilliant at feeding the poor and terrible about leading people to Christ. Mother Teresa has never in history not once ever led somebody to Jesus. Loved the poor, but never led somebody to Christ. Not one. Not once is it documented in history. She's not a saint. Mother Teresa is a saint. Saint Mother Teresa who never led anybody to Jesus. Not one. We've got her up there. She's never led anybody to Jesus. She loved the poor. And it's great that we love the poor and we've got to love the poor. And as a church, we've done it for years. We've loved the poor. We've loved the hurting and loved the broken. But when we love them that much that they don't need Jesus because we feed them in the flesh and know the spirit, no change. No change. And I've seen it for years in church. And I believe this is why the enemy didn't want us to talk about this message. Where people come and broken and they're hurting, which we, we understand when people come to church and they're hurting and they're broken and they're self-indulgent. I have not so full of self, yeah. full of woes, full of what about me, what about me? And what do we do? We tell them how amazing they are, the opposite of what they feel. Yeah. 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 That's what we do. Yeah. We tell them they're the opposite. You're not. No, you're amazing. I spoke to Calum. You're, you're amazing. So, so we are unique here. Eh? We are fearfully and wonderfully made. So we start telling people, you're unique. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. We'll just go here. Sorry, Bruce, just because you're in my line. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're unique. You're amazing. Oh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm amazing. I'm amazing. I'm amazing. I'm amazing. No, you're no amazing. You're no amazing. You're a sinner. You're a sinner who needs a saviour. You're no any more special. Seriously, you're no. So, so, so what happens is, so all these people are now getting fed the flesh. They're all getting fed fleshy stuff. And now they don't need a saviour. Oh, who is he? He's John the Baptist. John, he's, John, he's, John, he's John the Baptist. He's a man. See, we reduce Jesus to a man when we feed people's flesh and build them up in the flesh. We turn Jesus into a man and we turn him into a God. We turn, seriously, we turn Jesus into a man and we turn the man into a God. Because why do we know we don't need Jesus? I'm super. Low self-esteem, low self-worth, low this, low this, self, 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 or self, or self. And I've done it. I've done it, I've done it in church and I see people coming and they want to be praised and they're so desperate to be praised. They're desperate to be accepted and loved. So we praise them and we keep praying. They keep coming back to get more praise. And this is what happens. Eventually, eventually, seriously, eventually, experience tells me, eventually you have to confront them with how they're living. 
because they're not wrong with Christ. You have to confront them about their selfishness. Sooner or later, you have to confront them about their selfishness and self-centeredness and self-indulgence. Sooner or later, you have to confront them with that. And then they leave. And do you know what they say? There's no love in the church. I'm leaving here. There's no love in the church. You're right. There is not. If you think the church was about love, it's not the church is about love. It's about Jesus. It's about love. There's no love in the church and then I'm leaving. And the people weren't feeding that. And for you, So here's these guys getting fed to us. And Jesus is saying, who are they saying I am? Question, do you think he knew? Sorry for speculating. Do you think Jesus knew that not one of them was going to say you're the Messiah? Of course he knew. He was teaching the disciples. Because here's the disciples, they get so caught up and reach it, and reach, here's, what, here's the thing, he gets so caught up in an act of kindness that they never talked about Jesus. Yeah. Not one of them. Jesus says to them, who do you see him? Yeah. This is what he didn't say. Who did you tell them I was? Yeah. Jesus, who did you tell them I was? 20,000 people with baskets of bread and not one disciple says, by the way, do you know who, do you know who done this? They get so caught up in the act. They get so caught up in the kindness that they forgot somehow to remember that it was a saviour they were chasing. Serious. Serious. Not one of them passed the bread and says, listen, can I explain to you? Not one of them evangelised. Not one of them. Not what they thought it was. See, it's modern evangelism, eh? It's modern evangelism. Let's love people without telling them about Jesus. Let's love people, but let's not tell them about a saviour. Let's love them enough thinking, well, well, we'll keep them coming back for more. We'll keep them wanting more. They'll keep coming. I'm back here because I feel so accepted. I feel so accepted. I feel so accepted. I feel so accepted. I feel so wanted. I feel so needed. We have to keep praising people and praising people and praising people. Not once did a disciple say, not one. Jesus says, Jesus did not say, who did you tell them I was? Because they never, they never once mentioned Jesus. They never once talked about Jesus. And the problem is, is this is what's happened, and this has happened in charismatic church and the church for years. When what's happened is, is we don't mind, oh, we're loving the poor, we're loving the lost, because we're ashamed of the gospel. But we don't want to talk to anybody about Jesus thinking somehow that's going to be fine. I've been reaching people for 20 years. I've been helping addicts for 20 years. I've been helping people for so long. And I'll tell you, most of the people I've helped that I never talked about Jesus is no walking with Jesus. And then we justify, oh, when you were hungry, you fed me. When I was sick, you came and visited me. When I was in prison. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about Jesus. And we're so made the gospel know about Jesus. How can the gospel know about Jesus? Who? Who did you tell them? What was? We never. We never mentioned you. We were so caught up in the act. We were so caught up in the we were so caught up in the kindness. We were so caught up in accepting people. We were so caught up in feeding them in the flesh that we never once mentioned who you were. Not once did we mention who you were. He says, who do, you, who do you say I am? And he, say, he says, uh, you're the Messiah, Peter says. 
In some translations, Jesus says, you didn't learn that through miracles. You learned that through walking with me. You learned that through the word of God. Do you want to come up, Fraser? You know, I've been thinking about thinking about this scripture and I ask, and this is the challenge to you. Do you think your act of kindness, do you think going out and doing that is, 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 is enough? That you, you think that's enough? Is that appeasing you? Is that, is that, is that, is that what's happened? Does that appease you because you're ashamed of the gospel? So you don't want to talk to people as, listen, it should be the starting point. It should be the starting point, not the finishing point. I understand that the church for years have got it wrong and we've shut the doors and the lost and we've shut the doors and the broken and the hurting. I get that. And we have. But there's an opposite. That we became so... We became so accepting of their desires and their needs for fleshy desires that we've changed the gospel. I look at and I, I know loads of people and I look at their life and I look at their walk with God and I think, you've got to struggle. You've got to deeply struggle because you've turned Jesus into lesser than you. You've turned Jesus into lesser than you. I've seen people come and I've seen people go, it's easy to get a crowd if we just want to feed them pizza. Oh. We're having the Shrek show with thousands and thousands of people. That's easy. That's easy, but anybody can do that. You don't need to be a believer to do that. The King's Theatre can do that very well. Better than us. Probably not. (laughs) What's the point? What's the point? Thousands and thousands of people come. I'm not trying to be sneaky. But I want to reevaluate what we do. Yeah. Amen. I really do. And I promise you, see if we, seriously, see if this wasn't already planned and put in, I'd already be changing it. I'd already be changing how we're doing it. I'm not saying we won't do it and we won't want to reach people. But became so seeker friendly. That we've, we've lost somehow the essence of who Jesus is. Yeah. Take it away. Think about this. Do you think, when was the last time all your acts of kindness and acceptance and approval of people and bumming them up and telling them how wonderful they are and tell them how amazing they are and tell them they're special and tell them that you're no rubbish, you're actually super duper special. You're actually amazing. That's psychology. That's, that's what psychology does. That's what psychology has done for years. I'm not against <laughs> psychology. I've studied it for years. Psychology helps me understand my flaws. You know, Jesus is not the opposite of how you feel. Jesus is the opposite of who you are. (laughs) Jesus is not the opposite of how you feel. But for just that, to your feeling. Jesus is not the opposite of how you feel. Jesus is the opposite of who you are. Totally.
How we live our life. They've hurt me. They've hurt me. I talked about it last night. I'm offended there, offended there. What? No mature Christian should be living an offended life. Seriously. No mature Christian should be living an offended life. Unless we want to be God. Unless we think we are God. That we want to be worshipped. This is what Jesus says. This is Jesus' word. Who are you? Who are you that I should be mindful of you? Who is man that I should be mindful of him? This doesn't get a crowd. Pizza gets a crowd. We're not trying to get a crowd. We're trying to win souls. We're trying to win souls. That's all we're trying to do. We're not get a crowd. Win souls. Yeah. This is not the Salvation Army. This is not the... I'm not against them. This is not the Salvation Army and give people blankets that the point of view is, is that they never hear who Jesus is. It won't make you okay. No. I, I stopped at the shop on the way down and the till was they working. That was another thing because I was going to do an illustration. The shop till was they working. Because I was going to bring a loaf and show you the difference between a loaf of bread and this. Yeah. Some of you are pursuing a loaf of bread. Yeah. Some of you are presenting a loaf of bread to people who think it's the gospel. Yeah. The gospel's not a loaf of bread. Yeah. There, I'll give you a loaf of bread. I'll make them feel good. Explain to them. Tell them, oh, I'm... I've seen it, people coming down stuff. I'm doing it, I'm doing it for the church. I'm doing it. No, you're doing it for you. Please stop. Please stop. We're doing it for you. We're doing it for you. I'm doing it for the church. I'm doing it. I'm doing this event for it. You know, you're doing it for you. You're doing it for you. It's all about you. And we tell people, that's great. You're awesome. Go and do it. You're amazing. You're amazing. You're no. You're spectacularly no amazing. And the, the more you realize how spectacular and amazing you are, the more you realize how powerful and amazing the cross is. Yeah. That's when you'll know. So here's the lesson. Feeding the 5,000. And not one came to knew Jesus. Wow. 25,000 people. And not one came to know Jesus. Do you know why they didn't come to know Jesus? Not because it was wrong to feed the 25,000. Because they thought that was enough. They thought that was being Christ-like enough. They thought that was the gospel enough. It's no. It's nowhere near it. Some people are getting loved to hell. Some people are getting loved, loved right to hell. But I'm doing good. It's no God. Good's no God. Good's our substitute for being ashamed of the gospel. So here's the the take home. See, next time you go and give a loaf of bread, maybe ask yourself, what is it you're ashamed of talking to the people about? We're not talking about Bible bashing and scaling people over the head with us and abusing people. We're talking about how the enemies infiltrated good and how the enemies get into the church, especially seeker-friendly church. Where we don't talk about, who do you say I am? No, different question. 
Why did you not see who I was? Why did you not see who I was? Some of us have got relationships with people who are not saved and we just don't talk to them about Jesus. Shame on you. Shame on you. Seriously. Seriously, I'm not judging you. No, I, I, see, to be honest with you, see, see this? This is my courage. Yeah. Yeah. My, this is my courage. My courage is to you. Yeah. This is my courage. My courage is this. This is, this is, this is, this is my shield. What are you playing at? What are you thinking of? Oh, but maybe in future, they'll be all right because I'm, I'm, sh- I'm showing them a care. 25,000. Not one salvation. Because they walked through the aisles and given them baskets of bread. Never talked about Jesus. I know people that's had friends for years. And I'm challenged with this myself. I, I'm, 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 I'm challenged with this. This is, I, I'm, I'm in here, I'm one of you. Yeah. I'm no here and you's there. I'm, this, is, this is speaking to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've got other messages that's great and it's brilliant and it could be amazing and we could do victory laps before any victory. Do you know what I mean? We could, we, could, we could be awesome and we could feel amazing and you could feel super duper special and you could feel that special that you don't need Jesus. Yeah. In the last month I've been saying to people, you know what, you've got talking to them, telling them the truth and, and love. Saying to him, listen, this is, this is no going to help. Me blowing smoke up your backside. Making you feel more special than what you are. You're spectacularly no. I've seen people walking back out the doors of church because what happens is, see when you feed people in the flesh, and this is my clothes, see when you feed people in the flesh when they come through the door. See at least if they get this, see if this is your first introduction to your church, at least you know what you're getting. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is it. At least you know what you're getting and see they that. You're amazing, you're super Because see the thing is, that never stops. Because yeah. yeah. the next week they come back, they won again. And the next week they come back, they want to be more special again. And the next week they come back, they want to be more special again. Yeah. And the next week they come back, they want to do it again. Yeah. Then they post stuff on Facebook so we can all see it, so we can love them when we come back the next time. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I'll post a needy message on Facebook so you'll love me when I come back. No. Yeah. Why do you want to be worshipped? Yeah. <laughs> Why do you want to be worshipped? Because you think you're the Messiah? Because we've got a Messiah complex? Well, no. And then they come back the next week and we tell them again, you're amazing, you're amazing, you're amazing, we love you, we love you, you're amazing, you're such a gift to this church. You're such a gift to this church. You're you're even made a gift in Jesus. That's what it's like. You're such a gift to this church. I mean, I'm so glad you came here. Never mind Jesus, I'm glad you came. I'm so delighted. You're such a blessing to this church. Thank you. You're singing such a blessing to this church. You're, this is such a blessing to this church. Seriously, Emma. Already knowing that people come broken and hurting anyway, any of that stuff will feed them. Yeah. And, then they can't, and then it becomes more. And it becomes more. And it becomes more. And the insatiable desire for more and more and more them and they're more special and they're more spectacular and they're more loved all the time all the time, turning him into a God and turning Jesus into a man. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Hope United. You can stay connected with us through our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages.